You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. So it's the 12th of January and there's a very good chance that today feels just like any day, any year, for the last God knows how many years. That's normal, regardless of what New Year's resolutions you set for yourself, regardless of what goals you might have in mind. It's normal that today would feel pretty much like any other day. Indeed, we're only a couple of weeks, not even a couple of weeks into the new year, and you're probably saying to yourself, well, this feels like last year or the year before or the year before that. I know people who have been dusting off the same New Year's resolutions for decades at this stage, and all they're doing every year is frustrating themselves. All they're doing every year is adding to the pressure they put on themselves as if life doesn't put enough pressure on us as things stand. All they're doing is stressing themselves out and most destructively. All they're doing is proving to themselves that they can't really change their lives, that nothing ever really changes. Now, all this is normal. All this is absolutely normal. Your mind is designed to ensure, listen to me carefully, your mind is designed to ensure that one day looks and feels pretty much like any other, for the simple reason that it makes the primary goal of surviving all the easier. We must remember that our minds are not designed for exciting lives. They're not designed to enable us achieve the heights we would love to achieve. They're not designed for success. They're not designed for happiness. They're not designed for, you know, being fit and healthy. They're designed simply to ensure that I'm fit enough and healthy enough to go out hunting for tonight's dinner and make it back to camp alive. Our brains are only designed for survival. Evolution has made it so. And, you know, if you think about the COVID pandemic that we have at the moment and the various mutations that the virus has undergone over the last two years, those mutations, those evolutionary adjustments are made to ensure that it survives. It's, it's a fact that most viruses, as they mutate, as they evolve, will evolve to become more transmissible or transmissible, I'm not sure, I get, I get confused between those two words, seeing as half the time I'm speaking in French, but you know what I mean, and become less virulent, because if a virus was really successful at killing people, it would run out of people to infect. Same thing has happened to us from the perspective of evolution. We were designed to survive, reproduce, populate, and ever expand our own presence on the face of the earth. Now, we all know we could have a debate on overpopulation and climate and all that stuff, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're not here to talk about changing the world. We're here to talk about changing your world. And the really important thing that you need to understand about changing your world is that it is entirely, entirely in your own hands. 
Now, people will immediately say, but oh, what about cancer? What about heart disease? What about diabetes? What about hypertension, which the World Health Organization considers to be the thing that will have the greatest impact on mortality in the developed world in the 21st century? Well, what about all those things? They're, they're diseases. They are things that happen to me. No, they're not. They're things that you make happen to yourself. The World Health Organization themselves says that the pandemic of hypertension that is responsible for killing more people in the developed world year in, year out than the next five causes of death put together is caused by stress, which is caused by you choosing to take the pressure that you're under or take the thoughts in your own head, scramble them through the sausage machine in your automatic mind that is designed to make one day look much like the rest and result in stress. Stress, as we know from previous conversations, increases the heart rate, increases the blood pressure, that's what hypertension is, increases the production of LDL fatty cholesterol, which will kill you in due course in the cardiovascular system, suppresses the immune system, suppresses the digestive system. You do it to yourself. And therefore, research over the last couple of decades has confirmed that all, not some, all of the diseases that I mentioned a minute ago, coronary disease, hypertension, cancer, diabetes, even perhaps Alzheimer's, which I didn't mention earlier on, they're all self-inflicted. Why? Well, let's take Alzheimer's for an example. This is a really interesting one. What has been discovered is that if I don't have a good night's sleep, even one bad nights sleep. The proteins that are implicated in the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's will start building up on the synapses in the neural pathways in the brain after one night's interrupted sleep. I said this to a group of people a couple of years ago. We were talking about interrupted sleep. We were talking about how we need a good night's sleep. And I mentioned this to a number of people before the research I'm about to mention was actually carried out by Stanford University in the United States. I said, you know, if you don't get a good night's sleep, you're enhancing the chances of your suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. And somebody in the room said, oh my God, now you've given me another reason why I won't be able to sleep tonight. To nervous laughter around the room. The fact of the matter is that Stanford has discovered subsequently that if you have one night's interrupted sleep, you are creating the conditions in your brain, in the neural pathways of your brain, that will lead to Alzheimer's and dementia. If you have half a dozen night sleep like that, or perhaps even a couple of months sleep like that. It really doesn't matter all that much if you have a few nights good solid sleep, because what happens when we have good solid nights sleep? The axons in the neurons in the brain shrink ever so slightly to allow the fluid in the brain clear away the detritus, the dirt that otherwise builds up on the synapses in the brain. In other words, it washes out the brain, cleans it, and you're back to a pristine brain. But if you are going to bed late, if you're not getting your seven to eight hours a night, you are doing this to yourself. You may not notice 
the impact of what you are not doing properly now, what you're actually, if you're using a mind, normally doing automatically every night now, going to bed late or waking up early or going to bed or waking at four in the morning, letting your mind race. You know, your mind doesn't race of its own accord. You let your mind race. You choose to let your mind race. Not being able to get back asleep, having disrupted sleep. You won't notice the impact of that now, other than the fact that you'll be exhausted the following day and be unable to focus, but you won't notice the real long-term detrimental health impact of that for years to come. But I tell you now that if you're not getting a good night's sleep at the moment, you are storing up problems for you later on in life. In the same way, if you're going into work in the morning and looking at your boss and saying to yourself, I hate that man or I hate that woman, you're triggering the stress response, which has all those bad implications for your physical health. Why have I gone off into what apparently is a tangent? Well, it's not a tangent for the simple reason that this is the stuff of ordinary everyday life. Oh, I don't sleep very well. I've never slept very well or I haven't slept very well for weeks or months or years. Oh, I'm suffering from stress. I don't like my job. I don't like the people I'm working with. I don't like my life. I've heard that quite a number of times over the 26 years I've been doing this. This is part and parcel of ordinary everyday life or it is as long as you let it continue that way. And that is why here on the 12th of January, 2022, the 12th of January, 2022 feels very much like any other day because that is the way your brain is designed to ensure that you just keep going. I know this is going to sound terrible, but that you keep going through the motions day in, day out, week in, week out, year in year out and as long as you're using your mind normally today is going to feel pretty much like any other day but as i said to you a couple of minutes ago it's worse than that because as a result of today feeling like any other day despite your good intentions 12 days ago on new year's day what you're actually doing is confirming to yourself once again that you're a failure and that adds to the pressure adds to the stress, adds to the anxiety, adds to the frustration, adds to the annoyance, you name it. It adds to the drip, drip, drip of cortisol caused by the stress response into your system that is, as we speak, slowly and inexorably killing you. We do such terrible things to ourselves as a result of not being in control of our own state of mind. And I deliberately brought up the point a few minutes ago about the disease that that brings to our bodies. We know the old expression that we are what we eat. Well, you are how you think, not what you think, you are how you think. If you are ill at ease in your mind, you are going to suffer disease in your body as surely as night follows day because when we are ill at ease in our mind it disrupts the very flow of essential and vital energy through our bodies it blocks the passage of energy through our bodies and those blockages result in physical malfunction so even if you never wanted to achieve any great things in 2022, even if you didn't have any 
normal, crazy New Year's resolutions for 2022. Let us be clear right now that there is one thing that you can do for yourself that is going to make your life, your experience of your life and your health an awful lot better. And that is that you take control of your own state of mind. As I said earlier on, the normal mind has evolved to a place where it operates automatically to ensure that each day is largely a carbon copy of any other day, which makes it easier for you to keep your all important focus in reserve to enable you to survive. Now, unlike eight or nine or 10,000 years ago, you're unlikely to meet a man or woman eating tiger today. Now you might say to yourself when you see your boss that you don't like, oh, she's a man eating tiger, isn't she? Or he's a woman eating tiger or whatever. And the interesting thing is, of course, that in even looking askance at somebody and saying, I don't like them, you're triggering the same stress response that was triggered when you actually met the real thing seven, eight or 9,000 years ago. But, you know, let's face it, there are very few actual life-threatening events on an ordinary everyday basis nowadays. They were commonplace seven or 8,000 years ago, and therefore our minds, our actually physical brains, developed in a way to ensure that those commonplace events were escaped from, or even better again, avoided, so that we could survive, so that we could procreate so that we would effectively take over the face of the earth. That is normal evolution. And we are essentially, you must remember it above all else, we're essentially animals, part of the biosphere that is this earth, which is part of the universe. But we're essentially animals and therefore our brains are evolved animal brains as a result of the particular process of evolution. Now let's pause for a moment because I want to say something about evolution that most people don't realize. And that is that although evolution is a slow and grinding process, one slight alteration or mutation at a time to ensure that we fit in with our environment. That's by the way, what the phrase, the survival of the fittest actually means. Even though it is a slow and grinding process, evolutionary psychology believes that we couldn't have the refined brain that we have as modern human beings now, albeit the fact that it's very similar to the brain that we had eight or nine or 10,000 years ago. We couldn't have developed that kind of high functioning brain that we had as hunter gatherers if there hadn't been quantum leaps in evolution at a variety of points along the way. In other words, evolution is slow, slow grinding, and then something happens and suddenly, some major alteration, some major evolutionary adaptation happens and we take a leap forward. You can take your leap forward today. And as I said earlier on, this is entirely in your own hands. Modern neuroscience knows for a fact that the actually physically evolved brain of people who meditate regularly is structurally different from everyone else's brain. 
that of course in itself is not enough to spur you into regular meditation because you might say to yourself well so what have a different shaped brain does that result in anything oh yes it does it means first of all that your energy is moving more freely around your body. It means that you are switching the part of your brain that was originally designed to scan your environment for threats from a survival perspective, to scan your environment for threats still, obviously, because there are threats out there, but most importantly, to scan your environment for opportunity. It also changes the way you understand what's going on in the here and now, make your choices, make your decisions and solve problems. Neuroscience knows all of this at this stage. People who meditate don't just have a different shaped brain, their brain behaves in a completely different way to the way in which the automatic mind of the normally minded person largely recreates a similar day from one day to the next. And it has to be said, largely ensures that try as you may, you cannot change your life when you're using your mind automatically in the normal way in which normal evolution saw to it. In other words, to be blunt about it, if you want to change your life or any aspect of it, you need to change how you are using your mind. You don't need to change what you're thinking. Now, an awful lot of people get confused about this. They say to me, for example, oh, I suffer from low self-esteem as a result of the awful childhood I had. Or I lack self-confidence because of the way I was bullied at school. Or I feel I'm a failure because I was told I was stupid as a child or I'm always going to be obese despite the number of diets I've been on because I was called fatso as a child. In other words, they're blaming stuff that happened to them during their formative years. And you know, there is a certain justification to blaming your formative years for the very simple reason that if you're using your mind on automatic pilot, it is the stuff that happened to you in your formative years that is being replayed automatically by the brain's automatic pilot every day to recreate every day a similar day to any other day to enable you survive. So people are right up to a point. People are right when they say, I'm suffering from low self-esteem because of stuff that happened to me in my childhood. A lot of people will also say to me, I'm suffering from low self-esteem and I can't put my finger on why I'm suffering from low self-esteem or why I think I'm a failure or why I, 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 I won't be able to change my life because I have evidence to suggest that try as I might, I haven't been able to change my life in the past. All of those things come from thought. All of those things come from repetitive thought. The neural lab in UCLA in California has confirmed that the normal mind day to day employs 70,000 repetitive looped thoughts to enable us make it through the day. In other words, to survive. Those thoughts all emanate from our formative years or largely are based on stuff, the formative stuff that happened during our formative years. When you're using your mind that way, or if you're using your mind that way, well, if you're using your mind that way, aren't you a fool at this stage having listened to this? But when you're using your mind that way, 
you are right in saying that I am suffering from low self-esteem because of something that happened to me when I was a child. But you're only right up to a point because actually what you should be saying is, I think I'm suffering from low self-esteem as a result of allowing my mind constantly reference the thoughts that I had when the original thing that made me suffer from low self-esteem happened to me when I was young and impressionable. You might want to replay that sentence. I'm not sure if I can repeat it, but you might want to replay it. The key point is that people who are suffering from any illusions or disillusions about themselves are doing it because they're allowing their minds continually operate in the way in which evolution saw to it that our minds evolved for survival and were allowed on a day-to-day -day basis operate on automatic pilot. The key thing that meditation enables you to do is disengage the automatic pilot. In disengaging the automatic pilot, you immediately change how you think. And therefore, it actually doesn't matter what thoughts you're carrying around with you from your childhood. It actually doesn't matter what baggage you're dragging around with you or you think you're dragging around with you. It doesn't matter who did what to you or indeed for you when you were young and impressionable, because all of those things happened in the distant past. And the only reason they influence your life now is because you allow your mind operate on automatic pilot. Once you stop your mind operating on automatic pilot, everything that went before doesn't matter anymore. People seem to think they need to change what they are thinking. No. You only need to change how you use the piece of equipment between your two ears. And meditation enables you to do that. It enables you park the automatic pilot. The minute you park the automatic pilot, the thoughts that were holding you back, that are still in your own head, have no power over you anymore because in parking the automatic pilot, you have starved them from the attention that your automatic pilot was giving them. Those thoughts are nothings without your attention. So it doesn't matter what they are and you don't need to go and figure out what they might have been. Suddenly they're nothing. Once you park the automatic pilot, something far more important happens. Free of the blindness that those thoughts inflict upon the normal mind on an ordinary everyday basis. You suddenly know what's going on. You're suddenly present. You have what a lot of motivational speakers would call presence. And actually that's all that presence means. I'm present. I am here. I'm in the here and now. I'm paying attention to the here and now, rather than allowing the way in which my mind originally evolved, pay attention to the thoughts in my own head that distanced me from the here and now. Suddenly I'm present. And you know what? Once you're present, you have a far better idea of what is actually going on. You can tell the difference between somebody that you don't like and deciding that because you don't like them, you're going to stress yourself out. So in other words, one of the key things that meditation enables us to do in parking the automatic pilot is it immediately stops the stress response, the drip, drip, drip of ordinary everyday stress. How can I say that? How can I be sure? I can be sure because there are 
more than two decades of research at this stage that confirm that meditation does the exact opposite to the body as to that which stress does to the body. We said earlier on today that stress increases the heart rate, increases blood pressure, increases the production of fatty cholesterol and suppresses the immune system and the digestive system. There's decades of research at this stage that show that meditation reduces the heart rate, meditation reduces blood pressure, meditation reverses the buildup of fatty cholesterol in the cardiovascular system. In other words, yet clean out your own tubes. Meditation boosts the immune system. Meditation boosts the digestive system. It's the exact opposite of if you're ill at ease in your mind, you're going to suffer from dis-ease in your body. We flip the whole thing the other way around. When I am at ease in my own mind, my vital energy in my body is flowing freely and I am going to become healthier in mind and body. It's something I never talk about for the simple reason that I don't like to make claims about how meditation has transformed people's illnesses. But I have many, many emails from people and, and Facebook comments from people that I don't even know. They're not clients. They just listen to you know my podcast or see me on Facebook Live on a Tuesday afternoon who have said to me, oh, I used to suffer from chronic rheumatoid arthritis. I wasn't able to walk and now I stroll in the park every day. That, that's actually a, a straight quote from a Facebook comment. The point I'm making is that you know the research the proof, the scientific proof is wonderful, but the proof of the pudding is always in the eating. What I love is the stories of people, real life stories of people losing weight effortlessly, of people becoming fitter effortlessly, of people becoming healthier effortlessly as a result of taking charge of the one thing over which you have absolute control in your life. Indeed, the only thing over which you have absolute control in your life. And that is your own state of mind. You take control of your state of mind by developing your ability to pay attention to the here and now instead of ceding responsibility for your mind and allowing all of your attention pour into the thoughts that make today, the 12th of January 2022, largely the same as any other day you've experienced in your adult life. The fact of the matter is, that 12 days ago was only New Year's Day on a calendar. Every day is a New Year's Day. Every day is a new opportunity or a load of opportunities because every now is a new opportunity for you to create and recreate the you that you want to be, the life that you want to live the peace of mind that you want to have and the effortless flow that research has proved again and again and again comes to those who have taken responsibility for their own state of mind. It's time to man up or woman up. Time to take responsibility for your own state of mind. It'll change everything else effortlessly. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me 
in my Facebook group, strangely enough called, To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.